0: This is the Straight Dope Podcast. I'm going to get started by revisiting a subject that comes up from time to time and it never really gets old, but my ideas kind of clarify and form and change and evolve over time, and that is the idea of baselines, because I'm always recording things and trying to figure out better ways of recording them, because sometimes you do a test, you get numbers, and then you see that it's actually reflecting something slightly different, and so it's fun to talk about and see how people are recording Discussing that kind of stuff. Now, details and specifics and my specific protocols, tests, and stuff like that are now going to be going on to the subcast. So, for subscribers, when you subscribe, you get access to more analytics on the website, riflecraft.com. You get an email with targets, updated, like different target tree and drills, and so on and so forth, and then an added private podcast that, um, it's a little bit more opinionated and a little bit more directed towards what you can do yourself. Uh, And that is the subcast. Those are all benefits of being a subscriber at Riflecraft. So if you listen to this podcast and you want more specifics or you want to be kind of guided in a more directed way with metrics and coaching and discussions on that sort, uh, that's a good step in the right direction because some of those opinions and specifics, I think um, deserve to be shared. But, I think they deserve to be shared towards people that are going a little bit further in their training. So that's what the subcast is. Now, in a general context, if you're if you're a person that's like me, and I imagine if you're listening to this and you shoot, you have some sort of an outlet that you are trying to prepare for or continue to, to do and do over time, then being self-directed is probably okay. And so talking about how uh, I at least view it as a whole is fun. And I think it's cool when you hear from different Types of disciplines or different outlets. People that do all sorts of things, right? Um, like I mentioned on a podcast before, there's 15 million hunters, and so if we say, okay, well, in general, they're going out once or twice or multiple times a year to to harvest an animal for meat. They you know, as a hunter, you, you may, you may or may not shoot much more than out of hunting seasons, but there are things that you can do over the year that don't cost much. They don't take much rain time range time, but they do allow you to have a baseline that you measure over time so that when the season approaches, you aren't backpedaling and you don't have to do too much extra. You kind of know going into it, what the level of expectations are for that particular uh, outlet or goal. Now I'm not going to talk about hunting and I'm not going to talk about sniper competitions or, um, you know, any specific discipline other than you have a goal, you have baselines, and you have kind of things that you need to train to get to a certain uh, level of performance. Once they're there, typically things are easier to sustain than they are to raise to a level that is um, below satisfactory. So measuring baselines kind of gives you an idea of the skill sets that you need to train either to bring up to a satisfactory level or to sustain at a level that will allow you to accomplish your goals. Because to be honest, like, um, you know, I'll probably never compete in bench rest, but if somebody's trying to produce a very small group at distance, the things that they need to train and develop and maintain are going to be different than somebody who's going out and their standards of accuracy are, let's say, an inch. You have know, one MOA is enough for you to do your job with complete effectiveness. Then you need to maintain a, a different set of standards and qualities than somebody whose kind of standards for accuracy are in the fractions of an inch. And so, but there, but there's nothing wrong with either one if you're accomplishing your goal at the level that's satisfactory. And I think that that needs to be kind of said, even though it kind of makes sense. Um, there really isn't a better outlet you know, there's there's not one discipline that's better than the other, but there are different levels of standards that you need to be able to maintain and be proficient at on demand. So uh, looking at that, you know, obviously I like field matches. So I don't think field matches are better than any other discipline. They're just the ones that motivate me and and make me excited. So I talk a lot about the baselines that I need and the standards that I need for that performance. But I understand that, that Basically, on every element that I might talk about for my baselines for field shooting, there are probably disciplines in themselves that have higher standards for any given single metric. But I combine a lot of metrics, and so I have to have a standard that's high enough for me to perform. But I don't need to go overboard uh, on any one of them, assuming that I have them at a level that's satisfactory to accomplish those goals. And my goals, you know, the satisfactory level of, of, of field matches are, A, I want to do better than I did before, and I want to perform and identify weaknesses that I may not have, and, and I would like to be competitive. So if winning is my standard, you have to make sure that I'm performing at a level that, at the moment, is how I kind of conceptualize that, right? So, obviously, you're listening to this, you know I like paper, So what are the baselines for fundamental rifle skills? Now, this might be controversial, but I think that if a shooter lays down prone and prints a small group, that's cool. That means their rifle's accurate. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to persist over time and what I mean by that is that we're not getting a big statistical sample of that and sometimes when you lay prone and you shoot a group that's a single build and break so all the repetitions after that if you built a good position then those shots that follow along after that build and break are going to be consistent with the position that you built but that doesn't mean that your position building is consistent over time so if the standards that you have are build one position and then shoot a bunch of, of shots, then building that position in a solid way that's repeatably consistent with that shot is is very important. But if you're going to potentially have to, you know, get prone and shoot a group and then get prone and then shoot another group and then get prone and shoot another group, I think the rifle craft method of build and break, you know, shoot, build and break, shoot, build and break, shoot, gives you a good idea of how consistent your build and breaks are. And if you do that, as a group let's say you know your your standards which you know really it's going to be important to understand where your fundamentals really are not just your equipment by doing those build and break consistent drills and having 10 shots minimum but potentially more 20 shots in a single group will give you your left and right limits of the variability of your group. So that if, you know, you shoot a small group, but it's a 10th left, and then later on you shoot a small group, but it's a 10th right, right? Now we have left and right deviation of 0.2. And so overall your group is 0.2. Even though you're shooting in a 0.1 size, you know, you're typically aiming at something, right? And so the aggregate of those build and breaks, I think, teach you a lot about not only the accuracy of your system, but also the accuracy and consistency and the repeatability of your position building. Now, you might only shoot prone, and and I guess that there's a lot of disciplines or a lot of outlets where your option to shoot prone could be there, but I also kind of see fundamentals and inputs and outputs as being something that transcends your position. And what I mean by that is if you have good fundamentals, they should carry over to other heights of the rifle. That doesn't mean you're going to do it, but if you really are applying the same forces that are repeatable and accurate, then if you get in kneeling or seated or standing, you know, some some sort of a supported position, but off the height of prone, it should carry to that. Now, I understand that it could be controversial to say that because if somebody can consistently put you know a point 2 build and break 10 shot 20 shot group together you might argue that their their fundamentals are very consistent but the problem with prone which is one of the things that you hear sometimes negative about folks that go to a range and then shoot off a lead sled and say that they're good to go is that it's very easy using you know modern bipods and bags and rifle weights to lock a lock a gun down with poor fundamentals and and essentially be demonstrating its capabilities but not your capability. Um, it, it doesn't expose your weakness, right? It's, it's kind of hiding it, which is, is fine, right? If the only thing that you need to do is shoot in that point two group, then it, I guess it's a smart thing, right? You wanna get a rifle that can hide your weaknesses. But if the flip side is we're training and we're trying to develop our skill sets, we don't necessarily want it to expose our weaknesses too much, Right, which would probably be the case for most of us if we just shot a bullseye offhand at 100 yards, our group is going to be bigger than the capability of our, you know, that like it's going to expose a lot of our weaknesses. Because, but, but that's also not realistic or practical uh, outside of bullseye offhand shooting. Um, I think most of the outlets that we go after, that's not a, a likely or realistic or high value um, thing. But nonetheless, your fundamentals should apply off of prone to other positions and being consistent. So I wanna say that your baselines, even if you shoot prone and your outlet and the way that you measure yourself is in the prone, those fundamentals that you're applying to the rifle, they should carry into the other positions. So if you wanna check, I think it would be a good idea to keep a baseline of kneeling, seated, standing, or maybe not strict kneeling, seated, standing heights, but just get in three other heights where your body's in three other positions and if the fundamentals that you apply prone have a consistent point of aim, point of impact with your prone shooting, then you're, then you're consistent. You have good, consistent baselines. And, but my hunch is that, you know, a lot of you could probably shoot sub-one-inch, ten-shot groups prone. But if you stacked on top of that three more shots from three more positions, so nine more shots, that group is probably going to open up maybe even double, maybe triple uh, its size, which means that the carryover of your fundamentals isn't quite there yet. And, And I'm not saying that you're not a good shooter, right? I'm saying that my hunch is if you could develop those other positional consistencies such that it matched your prone shooting, when you went back to the prone shooting and carried those fundamentals into the prone, you could probably um, lighten up your gear. You, you'll probably have more success, right? I think it'll, it'll backtrack into that. And your understanding of your engagement with the rifle system is going to increase because as you refine the way that you interact with your rifle, it will come back to how you're shooting prone. And my guess is that that inch group will probably even get better because you're understanding how you influence the rifle and the more you get a grip on how you influence the rifle, the more it will carry back down into that prone. Right Now, your rifle system might not be capable of shooting point 0.1, so I wouldn't expect a one-inch or a half-inch group to go to point 0.1 when you're standing and kneeling, all of a sudden go from two inches to one inch and you're shooting consistently. But my guess is it would be measurably better. And you might not need as heavy a setup or heavy a bag or as heavy or or something that would carry over into other positions. So, uh, you know, um, in terms of baselines, right, to make a short story really long, I think that it's a good idea to keep track of what, you know, standing height, kneeling height, maybe high kneeling, low kneeling, seated-ish, that kind of zone, and then prone, so you understand how you're influencing the rifle and the relationship that you have. And if you're working on just a little bit, bringing that stuff in, it will carry over to your primary position, right? So that's a good baseline measurement to have. Another baseline that I think is very good to have is a baseline on, um, you know, you know what you're going to do, right? How long does it take you to go through the process from start to finish from, you know, I I have a target, you you may or may not had to locate range and engage it, that that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is like, okay, you have a target at 500 yards, right? You may, you, you already have the dope dialed. You have your wind plan, right? You could have, you know, like a, um, I think a good example of this is, is like the PRS dial. You know all the, you know all the information, right? You've probably spent 20 or 30 minutes just standing there kind of going through it in your head. So you've got 20 minutes of preparation time, but when push comes to shove, you have 90 seconds to take, you know, quite a few shots and quite a few shots in um you know potentially multiple positions. So when it's time to execute, how long does it take you to go from start, whatever that start position might be, to executing a shot and knowing how long it takes you to do it standing, how long it takes you to do it kneeling, seated, prone. And for if the position's built for you, like if you're on a if you're at a match, like a PRS match where a big barricade or a wall is in front of you that's very stable, that might just mean holding a bag in your left hand, gun in your right hand, or vice versa, and you need to take two steps forward, drop the bag, drop the rifle, get a sight picture, you know, shoot it, or whatever. That could take five seconds, but it's good to know. Does it take you five seconds, and did you hit it, or does it, did it take you 12 seconds, or did it take you 20 seconds, right? Good PRS shooters are doing it in probably the six second range people that haven't practiced it might be doing it in the 20 30 second range and it might not take that much work to get it from 20 30 seconds to 15 and that 15 second um, kind of increase in speed from a little bit of practice pays dividends so knowing what your baselines is I'm not saying there's a good or a bad but knowing what your baselines are because when it comes to decision time when you say okay it takes me 20 seconds to build a position and then feel comfortable breaking a shot you can use that to your advantage um and you can understand you know what what are the elements involved with your particular application right if i go out and i hunt an elk and you know i'm hiking around and all of a sudden i hear something or i see something or i'm scanning around with my binoculars and i see the elk and all of a sudden you know i, I click it with my rangefinder and i say okay it's 400 yards away all right i have to know you know i'm going i'm going potentially watch it for a sec, or or I might go straight to building position. It kind of depends on the scenario, right? But understanding, okay, when my stuff's out, it takes me this long to get ready to be, even be able to take a shot. How long does it take me to be able to make a win call that I'm going to stick with? How long does it take me to make um, the decisions that I need to make? And so having a list of baselines, like um, from whatever my patrol or my hunt or my, you know, what, what obviously like, you know, you're not going to go out hunting with 200 pounds of gear on your back, you know, tent and stove and water and all that stuff. You're probably going to, you know, create a camp and then strip down into your whatever the loadout you're going to call it, right? Like a patrol or a hunt loadout, right? So from your hunt loadout, it's probably light. And with that gear and the rifle on your back, how long does it take you to be able to set up a position? And does it look like that's realistic for you to be able to do? And does it seem like you have enough time to do that? Because if not, you, you have other decisions that you might need to make. And so having a list of those skills and the baseline, understanding, you know, well, if you haven't measured it, you have no idea. And so I think that's a weakness. That's something that could bite you in the end. But if you say, okay, it, it takes me one minute from everything on my back to methodically getting ready for the shot. And in that minute, can I set that up with my eyes still on the elk at 400 yards to make sure that I kind of get a feel for its behavior? Is it, does it look like it's going from one place to another, or is it kind of staying in that area? Does it look like it will be there for a minute? Because if it doesn't look like it's going to be there for a minute, um, you know, I might need to go th- through another set of checklists. Uh, how fast is it moving? Is, am I comfortable taking a moving shot? Should I wait? Should I predict where it's going to be and try to you know get ahead of it? Or, you know, the, the decisions. But knowing it takes me 60 seconds to get my tripod out or my bag or my bipod or my rifle and my range finders and, and, and do all the things that I knew. Now I'm empowered because I have a baseline that I can work from. Is that enough time? I don't know. Is it not enough time? I don't know, but my, but my guess is if you listed out the specific skills that you're going to need and you set baseline criteria that you're going to need for your outlet, when you get those numbers and you put together a good list of those numbers, you'll know what you need to work and what you need to sustain. And that can help you develop your training plan. And so baselines, to me, are all of the individual skills and then layering them together and adding stress. But those baselines are just the numbers of where are you at today? Maybe, maybe you were you know, in great shape last year and competed a lot or hunted a lot. And all of a sudden, you know, your baselines were half of what they are currently. Is where you're at currently enough to be successful? That's another question. And a question that you should probably be able to answer ahead of time. How good is your wind reading? How good are your build and break times? How good what's your accuracy expectation? Um, those decisions play a big role in not only like a training plan that you're making for the future. If I say in three months I have this goal, and in three months those goals are, you know, here are the skill sets that I need and the level that I need them. And I say here's where I am now, I might take three of those and say, okay, I need to improve these by quite a bit and some of these I can sustain at this current level well then I say okay well how much of the ones at the current level have I been practicing recently and I just maintain that level of practice with those even though even if they're like the sexy ones you know I'm not going to increase my training on those until the ones that need improvement are up to speed and then I'll start layering them so if I have three months I might say okay well what's the fastest and most efficient way for me to get the ones that need improvement up to speed. Because once I get there, then I'm going to start layering them and adding stress and adding components where I'm putting the odds in my favor and developing the confidence that even if contingencies happen, I'll still be able to effectively achieve the goal that I'm going after. So those those kinds of things, like if I'm going to go hunting and it's 30 degrees out, I need to make sure that my load, my gear, my fitness are going to be good at 30 degrees. If I'm going to go out and it's 100 degrees, I'm going to need to do the same thing. Is is my gear squared away for 100 degrees? My load, my gear, all of the equipment. And then what are some of the stresses when it's cold out? What are some of the stresses when it's hot out? And starting to simulate and replicate those kind of scenarios. And, you know, for me personally, what I like to do is put things, you know, once they get up to speed... You know, then I might use a heavier recoiling rifle, or a lighter rifle, or a slower bullet, so that I'm really challenging myself to understand the parameters of, you know, you know, where does this stuff fall apart, and and so that's not uncommon for me to do, like, well, can I, you know, can I shoot my 308 at 2,400 feet per second, or my six millimeter at 2,500 feet per second, and still hit a distant target because my wind reading is at this level, right, and 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 so some of those trying to figure out, well, at what point do I start increasing my failure rate? Or where does my hit percentage that's appropriate, where does that fall apart? How much wiggle room left and right do I have? So when it comes down to those baselines, and then you record them. And so now to go back to the RifleCraft website, all the targets have notes. And you can write down notes on all the targets. You could say, you know, on this date, um, here's the here are the parameters with the targets that I'm logging. It was raining and 32 degrees and I did 20 push-ups before every shot and I or I did a bunch of squats or burpees or jumping jacks or I was wearing all of my hunting clothes plus I put on a heavier jacket just to make sure I could manipulate and move my arms and put my hands in an ice water bucket to, to lower the dexterity of my fingers or I you know did what, what whatever it was that you're going to run into, you kind of develop those worst case scenarios, test them and record them on the website and that way you don't have to have piles and piles of paper and you won't have to actually go back and memorize, you know, all of those things. Because we do forget a lot of the tests and a lot of the baselines. Well, I thought I was about an inch, but, you know, maybe it was, you know, you, you've got a digital record all of all that stuff. That log is very helpful when you look back. And then, you know, you just pull up the target, you pull up the notes from that target, and you say, hey, how come this one was bigger? Okay, here were the parameters that I was shooting in. How come, you No, know, that wasn't like this one's? And then you look at the notes on your target. Oh, those parameters are different, or uh, you create different wef- weapons profiles on the website, and you say, "Okay, well, I was shooting a sixteen pound 308 here, but when I went to ten pounds, you know, my group opened up, so I'm going to train with my ten pounds to try to you know see if I can get my group down a little bit to m- learn how to better manage recoil so that you know I under- that 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 you understand those inputs and outputs a little bit better. Right. So I've kind of been rambling about those baselines, but I do think that positional height consistency tells you whether your fundamentals are real fundamentals or whether maybe you're hiding behind a position, right? A position or a piece of equipment. And so changing the equipment and changing the variables of the rifle, including the position that you're shooting in, the more positions and the more variables that you can have consistent results with Point towards the fact that you have true fundamental baselines and not just you know you're getting away with it with the gear that you've got or the position that you've got or something like that because it's really misleading to think okay I had success here I'm good but it might not necessarily be that it's your fundamentals it might be something about that particular position that is hiding the weaknesses of fundamentals and I you know as a, as a skill you want to make sure that you're testing your fundamentals and then trying to improve your fundamentals over time. And then when it comes to be game day, use anything you can to hover, cover up all of the flaws that you have, because it's not the point of exposing them when it's important anymore, unless that's the point. Um, but if you're going to hunt, you want to put all the odds in the favor of just making that shot because hunting, you know, 99% of it is not shooting. And so you want to worry about all those other variables, but, Logging your marksmanship, logging your targets is a very good way to do that and record your baselines and understand that if you can maintain them throughout the year, you'll be better off than if you have to just ramp them up at last minute. And, um, you know, that, that, that's where I would start a conversation with an individual I was coaching. You know, we would say, okay, what's your outlet? What are your training objectives? What, what, or what are your objectives that you hope to achieve? And, um. You know, what are the goals you hope to achieve? What are the left and right limits, location? You know, as much details as I can. And then we backtrack what, you know, we try to develop a specific criteria. And then we measure those specific criteria where we are now. And then we make a training plan to get from point A to point B. And um, that's very, very effective. In fact, everybody that's come to me has achieved Measurable statistical growth towards anything that they wanted to accomplish, and and I think that 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 method you could apply for yourself. And if you know if you're obviously if you're not, you can come. You can hire me for one on one. You can come to an assessment. You can, um, you know, go somewhere else, whatever. Uh, but but you can you can take that concept and that idea, but don't confuse yourself or hide behind the fact that just because it works once or with a small number of repetitions, meaning that it'll. Apply somewhere else, or apply in a different scenario. You know, if you're in a flat range and you're shooting straight ahead of you, but you're going into the mountains, you need to find a way to put your tripod or your gear set up on uneven terrain, shooting at different angles, and um, exposing yourselves to the conditions that are more like the conditions that you'll be in. And you can simulate that on a flat range. But it takes some creativity and it takes anticipating where you're gonna be and what you're gonna do. And if you have no idea where you're gonna be, and you have no idea what the position's gonna be, then you wanna bank and err on the side of caution and that you need to get your fundamentals consistent across all positions. And if you can't be, um I think you're misattributing a position that you might be okay at to something that it isn't right so uh be a little bit hard on yourself uh but understand your capabilities and that you know regardless of what it is if you're if you're capable of doing something one particular way that's good to know but why can't you do it in other ways right and 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 the more you grow the better you'll get and the more you work on things that surround your strengths the better your strengths will get too. So start by measuring your baselines and attacking them in a logical, progressive, and consistent way. And until next time...